Watch and listen to the talking news every day at 12 noon and 6 p.m. on Channel 96 Comcast Xfinity and Channel 30 Verizon Fios. It can also be heard Mondays and Tuesdays at 4.30 p.m. and Wednesdays at 12.30 p.m. on Channel 9 Xfinity and Channel 29 Fios. Listen anytime on the BMC Podcast Network on SoundCloud and iTunes. Just search for the Belmont Media Podcast Network. And now on to the talking news. Not an Ordinary Week on Ivy Road by Joanna K. Zavallis. During this time of year, it's not uncommon to see a lot of landscaping and construction trucks around town, around town for home improvement projects. However, there are six areas in Belmont this week with an abundance of trucks and trailers affiliated with Paramount Television's production of Defending Jacob. Filming began this week on one of Belmont Hill's quietest neighborhood streets lined with nine homes, that's Ivy Road. It wrapped up on May the 3rd. Trucks and trailers related to the project were parked on Lawrence Lane, Lester, Claremont, and Richmond Roads, Pleasant Street, and in the St. Camillus Church parking lot on the Arlington-Belmont line. One of the nine homes, 16 Ivy Road, was scouted by the location crew for the series and chosen to be the home for the show's hero, played by Sudbury native uh, Chris Evans. Evans played the father of a 14-year-old boy accused of murder. The son, Jacob, is played by Jadel Martell, who starred in the horror movie It. Jacob's mother is played by the actress famous for her role as Mary in Downton Abbey, Michelle Dockery. Dockery was jogging up and down Ivy Road the morning of the 29th of April for one of the show's scenes. Immaculata de Vivo, who lives at 26 Lawrence Lane, could see everything from her living room window. De Vivo has lived in her home with her daughter Samantha since 2004. When she received the notification about the project filming near her home, she said that she was very excited. This is a very, very quiet neighborhood with low traffic. For us to have a little bit of a short-term excitement for six to ten days, we could put up with that, she said. The crew was using her driveway during the filming. DeVivo said her daily routine hasn't been affected. She said the crew has been very accommodating. I've been overwhelmed by the consideration they've shown, she said. All of the filming is taking place outdoors on Ivy Road. It starts in the early morning, and some nights will go as late as 11 p.m. DeVivo said uh, location manager Jeremy Fisk said he would text her and another neighbor to turn on the lights for certain scenes being filmed at night. And now over to my colleague Claire. Thank you, Bob. Tour Belmont Gardens on June 9th, June 9th, by Joanna K. Zavellis. Looking for an idea for a Mother's Day gift? Tickets are now on sale for the Belmont Garden Club's Garden Tour, 11 a.m. to 4 p.m. on Sunday, June 9th, rain or shine. Ticket holders will have the opportunity to tour nine private Belmont Gardens and Woodland Gardens at the Belmont Public Library. 
Funds raised from the event will benefit the horticultural enhancements and beautification of community spaces and fund programs such as Junior Gardeners, gardening workshops at Belmont Manor Nursing Home, and scholarships for Belmont High School students. In addition to touring gardens, ticket holders will also have the opportunity to see demonstrations on container design with local author of Continuous Containers, Sarah Townsend, local floral designer Linda Ladd will be giving presentations on floral design. Lucia Gates and Nancy Forbes will show garden visitors how to compost. Belmont High School musicians will also be performing during the tour, and art will be on display by local artist, realtor, and garden club member, Carolyn Boyle. Co-chairs Sue Kelleher, Seta Lepore, and Heidi Sawyer are excited about the theme of the garden tour, which is cultivating community. They held rock painting workshops throughout the winter for their own Kindness Rock project encouraging club members to connect and create inspirational rocks. The rocks will be part of the garden tour and given away for free. One message can change someone's day, outlook, or life, and that's what this project does, said Sawyer. Tickets to the Belmont Garden Club Garden Tour are available for purchase at Westcott Mercantile in Belmont Center and Cushion Square, or by calling 617 484-4889. Now over to Max. Thank you, Claire. Town Meeting Held First Night by Joanna Cates-Uvelis. The first night of Town Meeting, April 29th, went swiftly with three articles passing up until Article 10 to change the length of the term for the town moderator's position from one year to three years, beginning in 2021. Town meeting originally defeated the article 122 to 124. However, a request for a roll call vote was approved, and the roll call vote changed the outcome, passing the article 126 to 124. Other major decisions made at Monday night's town meeting included changing the name of the Board of Selectmen to Select Board and amending zoning for the, house, the town's inclusionary housing bylaw. Segment A of town meeting continues on May 1st and May 6th. Segment B, the financial portion of town meeting, begins May 29th. 1. Town moderator's term. A majority vote authorizes selectmen to petition the general court for special legislation to change the town moderator's term of office from one year to three years, beginning at the annual town election in 2021 and every third annual town election thereafter. Town moderator Mike Widmer has been in his position for 12 years and has never had an opponent in the town election. He said he didn't expect the vote on Article 10 to be as close as it was until he heard the discussion. The initial vote was 122 to 124, defeating the article. Then a roll call vote was requested, and the outcome of the roll call vote was 126 to 124 with one abstention. Anne Mahan, Precinct 4, was against Article 10 because of the town moderator's responsibility for appointing members to the Warrant Committee and other committees such as building committees. In an email to the Citizen Herald, Mahan said, In my opinion, we had folks that didn't appear to have the necessary skill set they should to be on the Warrant Committee, but were friends of the moderator. And since these positions are appointed, not elected, it means the moderator can fill every position on the Warrant Committee with anyone he chooses regardless of skill set 
and there would be absolutely nothing the residents of Belmont could do about it. I'm fearful of that. I think that should make everyone nervous. Town meeting member Don Mercier, who voted against the article, asked if he could make a motion to reconsider the article. Town clerk Ellen O'Brien Cushman said town meeting members would have until noon on April 30th to submit the motion to, to reconsider. However, after consulting with town council, Cushman said Mercier's motion to reconsider was out of order. Quote, per town meeting time, only a person who cast a vote with the prevailing majority may file for reconsideration. Mr. Mercier's motion is therefore considered out of order and will not be taken up, said Cushman in an email to town meeting members April 29th. Ellen Sugarman, Precinct 8, filed a motion to reconsider Article 10 on April 30th. According to Whitmer, the motion will be debated on the second night of town meeting May 1st. It requires a two-thirds vote to pass. If it passes, Article 10 will be on the warrant for town meeting either May 6th or May 8th, according to Cushman. 2. Gender-neutral name for selectmen. A majority vote by town meeting changes the official name of the selectmen and board of selectmen to select board. The article initially passed with an electronic vote of 238 to 11. A motion for a roll call vote passed. The roll call vote was 243 to 4, with 4 abstaining. 3. Amend zoning bylaw for inclusionary housing. A two-thirds vote was required by town meeting to amend the zoning law bylaw pertaining to inclusionary housing. In the fall of 2018, the Belmont Housing Trust asked the planning board to amend the bylaw, bringing to bear, bring it into alignment with the town's peer communities and to clarify and simplify subsections of the law. The proposed zoning amendment will reduce the threshold when affordable housing is required from 40 units to 20. It will delete a provision regulating mixed-use developments differently, which will simplify the bylaw. It will also provide needed clarity of the cash payment option for for-sale for affordable units by standardizing the requirement for exercising the cash payment option. The initial vote was 224 to 25. A motion for roll call vote was passed. The roll call vote was 234 to 12 opposed and one abstained. Four, amend zoning for bylaw for single district, single resident B district. A two thirds vote was required by town meeting to amend the zoning bylaw for non-conforming single and two family residential structures in the residence B district. Town meeting voted in favor of the article 236 to 15. The changes will ensure that teardown slash rebuilds and additional reflect the current character of the neighborhood in terms of density, mass, bulk, height, etc. Over to you, Bob. Thank you, Max. Papa Gino's New England Revolution to host contest. Papa Gino's and the New England Revolution are teaming up to host the Play Eat Score contest for a seventh consecutive year. The contest awards five local New England youth soccer teams each year with a surprise visit from a Revolution player and a Papa Gino's pizza party at their soccer practice, as well as tickets to a Rebs home match at Gillette Stadium. The Revolution are proud to team up with Papa Gino's once again for the Play Eat Score contest, said New England Revolution President Brian Bellello. Papa Gino's is a fantastic supporter and partner of the club, and we're always excited to give some of our young fans a chance to meet and learn 
from their revolution heroes while enjoying Papa Gino's pizza. Coaches, family members, and players are encouraged to enter submissions explaining what sets their teams apart from the rest. Winners will be selected and awarded from April to May. In 2018, Play Eat Score program connected Revolution coaches and star players with local youth soccer organizations across the region. The England Revolution head coach, Brad Fredell, uh, as well as players including Andrew Farrell and Jalal Anababar, attended practice session of winning teams, helping, each, uh, helping to teach the young players some of the skills and drills that they learned on their path to becoming pros while also delivering Papa Gino's pizza to the team. Our participation in the Play Eat Score is an opportunity for us to give back to the New England communities that have supported us for so many years, said CMO Dina McKinley. Creating lasting memories from families and supporting our local youth is simply part of the authentic Papa Gino's experience. In addition to the surprise visit and Papa Gino's pizza party, each winning team will receive a prize pack that not only includes items from both Papa Gino's and the New England Revolution, but also tickets for the winning team to attend an agreed-upon regular season home game at Gillette Stadium. And now over to Claire. Thank you, Bob. Local filmmakers release Bo Strom. Belmont-based film production company called Nobody Reads Studios recently announced that their first feature-length film, Bo Strom, has been released on Amazon Prime Video. The independent film, which originally debuted in 2018, was completed while Nobody Reads principals Nicholas Borelli, Ben Crocker, Owen Pickett, and Norman Staub were completing their senior years of high school in Belmont. The story was written by Borelli and Pickett, and was, as Pickett noted, our most ambitious project to date. It revolves around a group of people who pay to participate in a state-of-the-art alternate reality, or simulation, called Bostrom, and a newly arrived retired detective who gets pulled into a large cons larger conspiracy while investigating the disappearance of a popular high school student. We thought that basing the story in a simulation would be a compelling way to incorporate a cast of primarily young adults into a storyline that had a more complicated and sophisticated backstory, said Borelli. This gave us a lot to draw upon and helped develop a plot with a lot of twists and turns. The film directors Borelli and Crocker used several local locations, including the Burbank and Belmont Hill Schools, the First Church in Belmont, Habitat Wildlife Sanctuary, Town Diner in Watertown, and Skyline Park in Arlington for key scenes, along with several Belmont streets, parks, and homes as a backdrop for a small town. Securing clearances and getting authorization for on-location filming was a significant part of our pre-production planning, said Crocker, who also edited and coordinated sound design on the film. We had to coordinate a very tight shooting schedule based not only on the time constraints of our cast, but on the availability of our locations. 
The cast and crew also traveled to New York City for a middle-of-the-night shoot in Times Square, <coughs> which distilled down to 30 seconds of a two-minute montage in the film's tense climax. Director of photography Norman Staub utilized both tripod and handheld camera techniques to move the action. Stubb was also responsible for the special effects in the film, including a dramatic portal that transports the characters in the digital world. The subtle use of special effects helps the viewer understand that while what they are watching may look like reality, it is really not, and that it could all shift in a moment, said Stubb. The teenage producers also auditioned and hired two professional actors, Emma Sophia Gordon, who plays Dr. Tyson, and Andrew McAuliffe, who plays the adult detective Simon Frost. But it was primarily Belmont High School students who make up the cast, including Borelli, who plays the teen Simon Frost, and Pickett, who plays a former video game producer who wants a chance to relive his less than memorable high school experience. Now, over to Max. Thanks, Claire. Senate Passes New Bills by Senator William Brownsberger. The Massachusetts State Senate recently passed legislation allowing for a non-binary option uh, for drivers, for gender on driver's licenses and birth certificates, new requirements for cyclists and motorcyclists that, and motorists that promote safety for everyone who uses the road, and a final effort to lift the so-called cap on kids. All three bills passed with overwhelming bipartisan support. Quote, I am thrilled by my colleagues' support for these important bills in today's session, said Senate President Karen Spilka, Democrat Ashland. I am particularly grateful for today's bipartisan vote on the Gender X Bill, which was initiated by a young constituent of mine and is very special to me. This simple inclusionary change of providing a gender-neutral designation for state licenses and birth certificates is long overdue. It's time for our government to recognize people for who they are. An act relative to gender identity on Massachusetts identification requires the Registry of Motor Vehicles to allow an applicant to designate an X rather than M or F on a driver's license or other forms of state ID while prohibiting the requirement of documentation of such designations. An act to reduce tra traffic fatalities includes several measures that together will greatly improve road safety. The bill classifies several groups, including pedestrians, utility workers, first responders, and cyclists as vulnerable road users and requires motor vehicles to apply a safe passing distance of at least three feet when traveling 30 miles per hour or less with an additional foot of clearance required for every 10 miles per hour over 30 miles per hour. The bill would further require trucks and similar large vehicles purchased leased or under contract with the Commonwealth after a certain date to be equipped with lateral protective devices, convex mirrors, and crossover mirrors to reduce the risk posed to vulnerable road users who are susceptible to being unseen by truck drivers and slipping underneath large vehicles during accidents. The bill would additionally establish a 25 mile an hour speed limit on an unposted area of state highway or parkway inside a thickly settled or business district within a city or town that accepted the 25 mile per hour local option as lower vehicle speeds reduce the possibility and severity of crashes. 
Finally, the bill increases the flexibility of the Department of Transportation to reduce the speed limit in active construction zones, thereby significantly increasing the protection provided to vulnerable workers and first responders at the construction site. Massachusetts' cap on kids policy was established in 1995 and was designed to discourage welfare clients from having additional children while receiving aid by excluding additional children from the calculation of benefits. The legislation passed earlier this month by the legislature repeals this ineffective policy. The new policy would start September 1st and make the repeal retroactive to January 1st. Upon, upon implementation, those 8,700 children who are or would be excluded from grant calculations will now be included, resulting in higher monthly benefits for their families. On April 8th, the, government, the governor sent back the legislation unsigned. Following a two-thirds majority vote in both the House and Senate, the legislature overturned the governor's veto. Over to you, Bob. Thanks, Max. Police chief screening committee created. Uh, the Belmont Board Selectmen, Belmont Board of Selectmen, recently created uh, the Belmont. The uh, created the police chief screening committee to assist in the search for Belmont's next police chief. The board is looking for two Belmont residents who are willing to make the commitment to serve on this committee. The, commi the committee will consist of nine total voting members. Applications must be returned by May 31st. For information, contact Human Resources Director Jessica Porter at 617-993-2740. Again, that number is 617-993-2740. And now over to Claire. Thanks, Bob. Volunteer sought for BHS Traffic Working Group. The Board of Selectmen are currently seeking a volunteer to serve on the High School Traffic Working Group in the position of Member Resident. The Board is looking for a Belmont resident who is willing to make the commitment to serve in on this committee. Residents with no past committee service Past committee members and current committee members are all encouraged to apply. For information, contact the Office of the Board of Selectmen at 617-993-2610. Now, here's Max. Thanks, Claire. Students welcome Anna Hakobian. On April 4th, the Greater Boston Armenian Community welcomed Anna Hakobian, journalist and wife of Armenia's Prime Minister, Nicole Pashinyan. To Boston, at the to Boston at the Armenian Heritage Park on the Rose Kennedy Greenway. Hakobian was welcomed in the Armenian tradition by Belmont High School sophomores Knar Krafian and Berj Chekijan. Bread and salt is a traditional Armenian custom expressing hospitality, showing the guest is welcomed. The bread and salt is commonly presented by young women dressed in national costumes, and the guest is supposed to take a small piece, dip into the salt, and eat it. This custom is common for official visits, regardless of whether the guest is foreign or Armenian. This culture is known as well in Eastern European countries. Hakobian is currently on a U.S. 17-day tour with stops in Washington, D.C., Boston, Los Angeles, New York, and Memphis. The trip will be primarily devoted to fundraising for the two foundations Hakobian heads, My Step Foundation and the City of Smile Foundation. Her trip will include holding a variety of meetings, events, gala dinners, as well as gatherings with the Armenian community, and she, as she will represent the Republic 
of Armenia as the Prime Minister's spouse. Back to you, Bob. Along with my colleagues, Claire and Max, we thank you for listening to the Talking News and hope you've enjoyed the show. We will return in two weeks on May 21st for another edition of Local News Happenings around Belmont.